Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 38. What's better than a Royal Caribbean cruise? Well, how about two Royal Caribbean cruises, or even three? Back-to-back cruises are popular among veteran Royal Caribbean cruisers, and this week, we're going to dive into this trend and discuss how it all works. We also have your listener feedback to share, so here we go. As always, I'm so happy to be there to share in your Royal Caribbean passion and want to thank you for listening to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Whether you're new to the show or you've been listening since episode one, I'm really honored you're taking time to listen and consider you all my friends in this adventure together. Back-to-back cruises are something you might have heard about, but have you actually tried one yet? It's exactly what it sounds like, the act of booking multiple Royal Caribbean cruises right after each other. Usually, back-to-back cruises refer to two cruises together, but there are people that book three, four, even more cruises back-to-back. Regardless of how many cruises there are, the principle remains the same. The basic way a back-to-back cruise works is you book multiple cruises on the same ship, each one after another. Anyone who takes back-to-back cruises will tell you the other thing you really need to do is book the same exact stateroom for each cruise. The reason for this is that for the duration of your cruise of your back-to-back journey, you won't have to unpack. That's right. If you book the same stateroom for back-to-back cruises, you do not have to pack all your stuff up on the final night of your first cruise. Instead, leave it all out like you usually would, and you're good to go for day one of your next cruise. While your belongings can stay on board, you will have to briefly disembark the ship like everyone else on the last day of your first cruise and then re-embark again. Most people see this as an opportunity to maybe visit the embarkation port a little or even stock up on supplies or something else you may need to buy for your next cruise that you'd weren't anticipating or do some laundry maybe the reason why back-to-back cruises are so appealing is well you get to extend your royal caribbean vacation i don't think i need to tell you all the merits of why more royal caribbean cruises are always a good thing back-to-back cruises extend vacations and also extend the value of your trip in general for example if you flew to your cruise well doing multiple cruises allows you to get more value out of that plane ticket doing two three or even more cruises allows you to get more time to explore the ship you're on The newer class of ships, especially, offer so much these days, and you're really hard-pressed to find it all, to see it all, in just one sailing. Restaurants, activities, and more are all available to see in depth when you do back-to-back cruises. And remember how everyone is kind of lost on the first day or two trying to find where everything is? Well, on back-to-back cruises, you already know where everything is for your next cruise, and you don't have that issue. Now, back-to-back cruises also allow you to experience more than one itinerary. Often, Royal Caribbean ships alternate between itineraries. For example, Oasis of the Seas alternates between Western and Eastern Caribbean itineraries. Same for Allure of the Seas, Freedom of the Seas, and a number of other ships. So with back-to-back cruises, you get to do Western Caribbean one cruise and Eastern Caribbean the next cruise. This is also true for Mediterranean cruises. So basically, you're on the same ship, granted, but you get to experience different ports. For shorter cruises, you also get a different taste with back-to-back cruises. Enchantment of the Seas offers three- and four-night sailing, so back-to-back cruises get two different kinds of cruises, even if the itinerary isn't that different in terms of ports visited. Liberty of the Seas currently, at least, offers five- and four-night cruises, so again, you get a little more variety, a little different in both cruises, even though they're not exactly the same. Of course, back-to-back cruises allow you to build a itinerary you've always wanted to do. If you have more vacation time than just maybe one cruise allows, then combine two and fill up that time as well. And of course, you can also rack up those crown and anchor points very quickly. The process of back-to-back cruises is pretty straightforward. You'll be sent a letter to your cabin telling you what to exactly to do and where to meet on the last day of cruise one and for the first day of cruise two. The process is significantly easier if you have the same stateroom for both cruises since you won't have to pack and unpack again. And again, 
anyone who does back-to-back cruises will tell you the key is to make sure you have the same stateroom. Not to say that if you don't, it's the end of the world or it's a bad thing by any means, but having the same stateroom just makes things so much easier and, and frankly cooler as well. You will also get a new sea pass card for your next cruise. So when you go from cruise one to cruise two, you get a new sea pass card. In addition, there's usually a special lunch setup for back to back cruisers since they'll be able to get back on board before other people. That's right. Usually back to back cruisers get on board well before anyone from the next cruise comes on before that. So it's kind of a neat little thing as well. You do have actually access to your cabin during the entire process once you're re-embarked, even if the cabins aren't officially open. The doors of the quarter will be closed, but you can open them. And if any crew member tries to stop you, just tell them you are a consecutive cruiser and they'll usually let you right through. So what are the negatives of doing a back-to-back cruise? Well, for some people, the anticipation of a cruise is really as much, if not bigger, as you know, equal to, if not larger than part of the cruise experience. In doing a back-to-back, you can feel, quote-unquote, cheated sometimes out of the anticipation of cruise number two compared to if you had booked a second cruise for a different week. So again, remember, you book one cruise for just, let's say, one week. You know, you get all the anticipation, you get the plan, you get the excitement. If you do, you know, another cruise in three months later, you get all that anticipation and excitement again. Whereas if you book back-to-backs, well, you only do that one time. And in addition to that, you know, when you go on cruise one, and, you know, you're depressed because, oh, man, this cruise is over, going back home, back to work, ugh. But at least I have, you know, the cruise a couple months in the future to look forward to. With back-to-backs, that might not be the case, unless you just book a lot of cruises, in which case you've solved that problem. Another con is the entertainment tends to be the same for all cruises, meaning the evening shows are all the same lineups. If you enjoy the shows, you'll have the same shows twice. Sometimes you may end up with the same guest entertainment. Generally, Royal Caribbean tries to change it up a little bit. And much of the trivia can be repeated. In fact, some people report that the trivia questions are exactly the same, so you can go into the next one and really dominate, I guess. If you have the time and money, back-to-back cruises can be a great way to really see everything a Royal Caribbean ship can offer and extend something we all can never get enough of, that's for sure. Well, of course, it's time to answer your questions, emails, tweets, Facebook messages, anywhere else you've managed to find me and corner me and ask me something. I'll read it here. And we'll start things out with an email from Christopher Percy in episode 36 regarding dynamic dining previews. Once again, Royal Caribbean has wowed everyone with the dynamic dining program. I love the variety of cuisines that will be available. Dining has always been great at Royal Caribbean. However, now the experience will be taken to a whole new level. We are very excited about cruising on the Quantum this fall, and now with the addition of Dynamic Dining, the experience will be even better. I think once the program is rolled out on Quantum, the opportunity to expand it across the place should be considered. Obviously, the older, smaller ships will not have room for multiple venues. However, where it is feasible, the program would enhance everyone's dining experience. P.S. Did you put your hat in the ring for Adam's former position yet? <laughs> Thank you for the email, Christopher. To answer your question, no, I did not. I think they've got probably more qualified people out there that you know have some experience, I don't know, running multi-billion dollar companies, <laughs> but that would be nice. Wouldn't it to be the CEO of Royal Caribbean? Hmm. Anyway, back from that daydream. The you know, in regard to your opinion on dynamic dining, I really, I think we're both in the same ballpark in terms of opinion on this. I think it's going to be really good. I actually think that I want to wait a considerable amount of time, actually, before they consider rolling out dynamic dining to the rest of the fleet. I really want to see it in, in play. I want to see how well it does and its pros and cons, and then evaluate it. I hope they're not going to just have some sort of a, kind of a mentality that, you know, it's already going to be happening. It's just a matter of time. And based on Royal Caribbean CEOs, well, former CEO Adam Goldstein's comments about, you know, they're really going to wait and see about dynamic dining. I have for other ships, that is. I really feel like that's a good thing. I think they really got the idea that they're really not going to be looking at other ships for at least not in the short term. And by short term, I think they mean probably the next three to five years, I'm guessing. That's just a guess on my part. But I think that, you know, if it does really, really well, or if it's a really huge hit, they may consider expanding it. But we'll see, honestly. And it's going to be interesting to see that, 
if you look back on today where maybe from, again, five years from now, ten years from now, how much or how little Dynamic Dining has been rolled out, I think that's going to be very interesting to look at. And, of course, any new ships that come out, are they going to have Dynamic Dining or are they going to be traditional dining? And new ships, I mean new classes of ships, not kind of like Oasis 3 that's coming out because that's going to retain the traditional dining as we know it. We've got a voicemail again from Derek from Salt Lake City, Utah. Derek, take it away. Hey, Matt. This is Derek in from Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, just want to give you a thanks for the great podcast. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for answering my question. And based on your advice, we will definitely be booking Sabor on our cruise coming up in October on Navigator of the Seas. And I, I agree with you. I think, I mean, booking some restaurants here and there and a few drinks is probably what we'd be spending most of our money on. Um, in terms of answering your question about booking incentives, my advice, I mean, in the few cruises I've booked is to definitely book early and shop around. You can always find different uh, booking incentives with different travel agents. On this cruise that we booked, I was able to find a awesome rate on the cruise of $400 per person. It's an interior room, but still an awesome deal with a $75 onboard credit and a $75 excursion credit. So that's a pretty sweet deal. And my best advice is to book early. I've just looked at my cruise again, and today it would be 750 bucks a person versus the 400 that I paid. So book early, shop around, and you can always find a great deal. Um, I also second the person's request to um, put some secrets out on the Royal Caribbean, the, the secrets of the ship. I think that would be awesome and very interesting read. So, well, thanks again for the podcast. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you, Derek. Great points all around. And I appreciate hearing the feedback also what you decided. And booking early, especially on board, is a great deal as well. There's nothing to lose, in fact, by doing so. You only benefit from getting all those great early booking discounts. And, of course, the, usually the deal, and it really is true, it still holds up, that booking well in advance usually gets you some of the best prices out there. Is there, Maybe you're going to lose out on 20 bucks here and there. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But generally speaking, especially for the better rooms that are out there, you're going to get a really good deal booking in advance. Now, yes, you risk, you run the risk of, you know, the last minute sale deals that come out two weeks or so before your cruise that may be, you know, significantly less. But you know what? You, you can't, you can't book on that. You can't tell your kids, hey, you know, six months in advance, hey, we're going to take a cruise in six months, assuming there's a good deal out there. Plus, on top of that, most people usually have to fly to their cruise ports. And as we all know, Booking airfare two weeks in advance is not usually a good idea if you want to actually not get, you know, not, not pay a significantly higher price for your airfare. So, you know, all that said, booking in advance is always a great deal out there. And, you know, you get that onboard credit. You hear from Derek here, you got two $75 credits right there. So definitely a good way to spend his money on board the ship. Derek, have a great time. And I'll be very jealous when you get to enjoy Sabor on Navigator. It's a great restaurant. And I know actually speaking of Sabor, one of our friends, Kaylee, who does the Cruise Cast podcast, is on Navigator Seas this week as well. And I'm pretty sure she's gonna be checking out Sabor. So I'm jealous all around. I'm, be, I'm jealous this week. I'm jealous when Derek goes on his cruise in October. So a lot of jealousy going on for Matt here. But I really do <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy for you guys and I think you're gonna have a great time. So thank you, Derek. I also got a message from Ron Maylot that he went on his cruise and checked out one of my good friends, Leo, who was that tour guide driver I had in St. Martin that worked out so well. And he wrote me a quick note, just said, Leo did us good. Thanks. Ron, that's great to hear. I love Leo. He's a great guy. And of course, for those who may not have heard from one of my, I think it was the Jewel of the Seas episode, we kind of talked about that in depth, that 
Ron, uh, Ron. <laughs> Leo was our driver in St. Martin, and he was just some guy that we happened to run across, and we've used him now for two different cruises where we've been to St. Martin. He's driven us around, given us a fantastic rate, and not only that, it's not just about the money. He's just one of the nicest people we've ever met. Very accommodating. He really cares about us. He's, we're not just another fare to him. You know what I mean? Like, he really cares about our family and really treated us well, showed us around, was a great guide. So, Ron, I'm glad to hear that it worked out for you. And of course, we posted the information about Leo's contact information if you need it on some other episodes. But you know, if you need it again, feel free to email me, Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. I'm happy to share it with you as well. So thank you, Ron. We had a couple of messages on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. First was Jeff. Hello, first time listener. Nice job on this podcast. I'm going on the Quantum of the Seas Eastern Caribbean cruise in February 2015. I do like this dynamic dining concept. I've been on another cruise of Vision of the Seas on the now canceled Mexican Riviera cruise. I'm a little concerned with the premium restaurants as it's already not a cheap vacation. Do you know how much each premium restaurant will cost? I'm particularly interested in the prices of Jamie's Italian and Wonderland. Thanks. We'll be a regular listener going forward. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate all the nice comments and I'm so glad you discovered our podcast. It's a lot of fun, I think. In terms of your answering your question, we don't know the exact prices for the specialty restaurants. You know, I do believe that the prices will be in line with what we've typically seen, meaning, you know, if you look at other restaurants like Portofino's is usually around $30 on any given ship. I don't think Jamie's Italian or Wonderland will be that much more. Probably, I don't think it'll be any, I don't think it'll be, I'd be surprised if there's any more, any more than Geez, $45, $50 or so. That'd be a lot. Maybe Wonderland because it's so unique. But again, I think it's going to be right around the $30 ballpark range, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. We're not sure. We'll have to just have to wait and see, unfortunately. But, you know, Jeff, by, well before your cruise comes around, you'll know those prices because, again, Quantum the Seas debuts in November this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get prices for that even before that as well. So... There you go, Jeff. And lastly, we have a message from Paul Westbrook. Matt, thanks for another great podcast and about food to boot. Thanks to answering my specialty dining question a few weeks back. I lost my dad recently, and your work and friendship through this podcast has been a helps me. Thanks for everything, and take good care. Paul, uh, first of all, first and foremost, my you and your family are in my thoughts for your passing of your father. I can't imagine what that's like to go through, and you know it's never going to be easy. So uh, first, I, I hope that it's that it's going to get better for you. And in fact, I hope it gets better for you very, very quickly, but I'm glad to hear that the podcast is helping a little bit. And I always appreciate you listening, Paul. You've always been a very vocal fan of the podcast and I've always appreciated your tweets and Facebook messages. And now your real Caribbean blog.com message here to in support of the podcast. Thank you very, very much for that. And it's always a pleasure to read your and everyone else's comments that we have here each and every week on the Royal Caribbean blog podcast. So thank you very much for that. So before we go, we, of course, want to remind you that we want to hear your feedback. If you've got comments, questions, whatever's on your mind about Royal Caribbean, whether it's something that we just discussed, like today's episode of Back-to-Back Cruises, if you've been on one, let us know, let me know how you liked it, what were the pros, cons of it. Or if you have a comment about something that's completely we haven't talked about or something we talked about many, many weeks ago, no problem at all. It's always relevant because, again, this podcast is really meant to be a forum for all of you, all of our listeners, to be kind of a discussion board, if you will, an audio discussion of everything that goes on with cruising these days. Want to hear about it. So you can, of course, email us, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T at royalcaribbeanblog.com. You can also uh, check us out on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash royalcaribbeanblog. You can tweet us. We are at the RCL blog on Twitter. Or call the Royal Caribbean blog voicemail by calling 408-6-ROYAL-6. That's 408-676-9256. So until next time, I'm Matt Hochberg, and we'll talk again soon.